The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today's Ben Jarofsky Show for Wednesday, July 1st. It's July. Did you guys pay rent? Me? No. Not going to do it for a little bit. Turns out I'm broke. But anyway, uh, your Ben Jarofsky Show for Wednesday, July 1st, brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. All right. Uh, looks like we do not have a song of the day selected by our live stream audience, so... We go to our host to hear a song that more than likely came out before the year 1979. <laughs> ben Jarofsky, a song of the day. This song came out, I believe, in the 1950s. Whoa. It's from a Broadway musical. And there's a reason I'm thinking of it, D, but I won't tip my hand. From the Broadway musical West Side Story. I feel pretty, oh, so pretty, so pretty and witty, boy. Uh, who's the pretty girl in the mirror there? What mirror? Where? Who could that attractive girl be? Come on, D. Such a pretty smile, such a pretty place, such a pretty me. <laughs> you know, I don't know what that was, but I liked it. I really liked it. Oh, I love what I love that song. West Side Story. Seen it one too many times, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, that's just me on West Side Story. Well, I've never seen it, and but after that song, I have to see it. Uh, D, could you do me a favor? My uh, property tax bill came yesterday. Could you pay it for me? Uh, you were talking about rent. I was like looking at my property tax, which will be sitting there for about two months because <laughs> I can't afford that thing. So just pay it for me today. Hey, okay? I just got hit with a dentist bill today. I can't even afford that. You're right, on I'll, your own, pal. I'll tell you what. I'll pay your dentist bill. You pay my property oh, tax Oh, deal. Bill. Ugh, deal. Cut that deal. <laughs> the Ben Jarofsky Show with a brand new intro song <laughs> starts now. It is Wednesday, July 1st, and boogieing from Ben Jarofsky's attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. (laughs) Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist, Monroe Anderson. And now your host. Oh, won't you take me to Funky Town? <laughs> Chicago Reader uh, columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Trump Bobert Wednesday. And here's why. Well, if you had any doubt about the loonies having taken control, seized control of the Republican Party, they were obviously removed by yesterday's primary results in the state of Colorado. Lauren Bobert defeated Congressman Scott Tipton. All right, now everybody in Chicago, oh, but Ben, that's so far removed from Chicago. Everybody wants me to talk about TIFFs today. We'll get to TIFFs. It's so funny. Nobody ever, ever wanted me to talk about TIFFs before, but today I got three requests. Ben, you got to talk about TIFFs. Ben, you got to talk about TIFFs. All right, everybody, calm down. I'll get to TIFFs. But let me just talk about when we went down in Colorado, all right? TIFFs? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, uh, Tipton, you know, I don't even know. 
Do they have TIFFs in Colorado? Do not know the answer to that question. Frank! <laughs> Probably do, since they're pretty much a conventional form of raising money. But the scam, uh, the, of the Chicago scam, has, of course, taken it to a whole new level. But anyway, wait. Focus, Ben. Focus on Colorado. All right. Uh, so uh, Scott Tipton, the incumbent congressman, was more or less a moderate and heavy emphasis on moderate. Uh, put it, no, let's put moderate in quotes. Uh, he never voted against uh, Donald Trump, but occasionally, you know, he's, he kind of like said stuff like, can we all just get along? Which, of course, makes him a moderate uh, in the Republican Party these days. And he also voted for the CARE Act. All right, he voted for the CARE Act. Of course, Donald Trump supported the CARE Act. Uh, but uh, so that makes him more or less a moderate uh, in the Republican Party. Well, apparently... Uh, that go along, let's, can't we all get along mantra, is too radical for today's Republican voters. In yesterday's primary, they had an uprising. And they ousted Tipton as their candidate uh, for Congress in November's election and nominated Lauren Boebert. Uh, a few things you should know about Lauren. Uh, she's young, 33 years old, and she loves guns. I mean, she really loves guns. I've been reading about her all morning, uh, and uh, Dennis has been hard at work. Well, sounds like my kind of woman. Is she on Tinder? She, <laughs> yeah, I think she's well beyond, out of your league nowadays. She's a congressional candidate. Damn. Let me tell you a little about her. She runs a restaurant called The Shooter's Grill, The Shooter Grill, in a western Colorado city of Rifle. That is correct. She lives in Rifle, and she runs a, a restaurant called the Shooter's Grill. Uh, the name of the town, like I said one more time, is Rifle. Apparently, Bazooka was taken by a town in Nevada. Hello. Anyway, Rifle, Colorado. Remind me to stay away from uh, Rifle, Colorado. The Shooter Grill, the restaurant, is uh, its claim to fame is that it encourages its servers to pack a pistol or maybe a rifle or maybe a bazooka. I don't know. The point is they pack guns and they have the guns when they come to your table. So I guess you could feel secure if that's what gets you off. Apparently, their favorite song in the Shooter Grill is Happiness is a Warm Gun, which I will now sing. Happiness is a warm gun. Come on. Uh, uh, <laughs> Two come on, songs sung everybody. by Ben Jarofsky today. Oh, well, there's going to be a third one. Oh, <laughs> aren't you excited, yeah. listeners? <laughs> anyway, uh, Tipton is a five-term congressman. Uh, his district went for Trump by 12 points in the 2016 election. Uh, so it's a Republican district. Uh, and uh, Trump supported Tipton. He tweeted this out. <clears throat> I will now read a Donald Trump tweet. Should I do it in a Donald Trump? Uh, no, not my imitation. Is no, not no. We, uh, we had a good one yesterday uh, with your Ted Cruz. Let's not, you know, do, let's not ruin it. Should I read a Trump tweet in my Ted Cruz imitation? No, I'll just read a Trump tweet. <clears throat> <laughs> so, no, I'm going to do it as if I were a WBEZ uh, reporter. There NPR. you go. There you go. Congressman Tipton is a great supporter of the MAGA agenda. He fights for your Second Amendment rights and the border wall. Scott is working hard for Colorado and has my complete and total endorsement. This is Dr. D for NPR. <laughs> How about that, man? Oh, hold on, here's my phone ringing, ring. Yes, oh, it's NPR, yeah, I'm hired, yeah. They just hired me to be oh. the national correspondent. That's how that goes. Ben, you're so good. Thank you. Uh, thank you, NPR. Anyway, where was I? 
Oh, so yes, I just read Donald Trump's endorsement, his uh, tweeted endorsement of Tipton. Well, obviously Donald Trump's uh, complete and total endorsement, as he put it, uh, isn't what it used to be because Boebert out-trumped Trump. (laughs) She is clearly the leader of the anti-mask movement in Colorado. She does not believe in masks, having to wear masks. She apparently thinks the pandemic is a hoax. Donald Trump is kind of wavering on that. You know, he's kind of backed away. We haven't heard Donald Trump say the pandemic is a hoax concocted by China in a while. He's not quite sure which way to go with that. Uh, You know, obviously, the heart and soul of the Republican Party believes that it is a hoax. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, that's clear. And they don't want to wear masks. But, you know, there's still some of his political operatives telling him, boss, you can't go too far with that. You'll lose those swing voters in Wisconsin and Michigan. So he's kind of backing away from it. Uh, but uh, Lauren Boebert's not backing away. Oh, no. Uh, she opened her restaurant in March, uh, even though the locals had ordered all restaurants closed. And then the county suspended her uh, at her food license and sent her D a cease and desist letter. This is something we have in common with her. We each have received cease and desist letter. Now, in our case, we get cease and desist orders or emails. I don't know what they are. about. We don't know why we get them. Apparently, we're violating someone's copyright. Uh, we just get these commands. Stop playing that music. Dennis thinks it's from ABC. Ah, the Stephanopoulos show. I don't know about that. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, she got a cease and desist letter to stop operating a restaurant, and she operated it anyway. And since everybody's packing a gun, she was sort of daring the locals to shut her down. So, yes, she is an extreme MAGA. Uh, And Trump immediately reversed himself as soon as the election results were finalized and sent her a congratulatory tweet saying, quote, congratulations on a really good win. Uh, (laughs) You know, it kind of reminds me, I was telling you about this, about scene in Barbershop. Did you ever see the movie Barbershop? One and two, yeah. Okay, in Barbershop One, which is a movie filmed here in Chicago, uh, Ice Cube movie, and I think it was, it came out around 2001 or so. Anyway, there's a scene in Barbershop where Jalen Rose, follow me on this, on my non-sports fan listeners out there, Jalen Rose was a uh, pretty good basketball player in the 90s and the O's, not a great basketball player, but a pretty good basketball player, and he was traded to the Bulls from Indiana. Now, this is in that era when Jordan had left the team. I have to set this joke up, D. Okay, let's hope it, the payoff is worth this enormous setup. So Jalen has a cameo appearance in Barbershop, and he walks into the Barbershop, which is a barbershop on the south side of Chicago, and uh, the barber, played by Cedric the Entertainer, announces that Jalen Rose is in the Barbershop, and he goes, Michael who? Michael who? Remember that line? I love that line. Michael who? Like, Jordan's gone, so we already forgot about him, and that's Trump with Tipton. Tipton who? Tipton who? Trump's all in for Boebert. You know, I'll tell you what, folks. We know that the Republican Party has lost its freaking mind when Donald Trump finds himself scrambling to the right to catch up. We got a great show today, everybody. Yeah! (laughs) Hand me that bottle! (laughs) Yeah! Let's go! That was really good. I like the bottle thing. Monroe Anderson, he's all fired up. I sent him a bunch of things to listen to and read. He's right now doing his homework and preparing. Uh, so uh, he will be on it too. 
Uh, Vince Norman will be uh, our second guest today. We'll drop that interview at uh, seven o'clock. And he, of course, is the founder of the Hall of uh, the Marijuana Hall of Fame. And Dennis and I will be making our last ditch p- appeals uh, to be. I don't know why I'm not in it already. Okay. All right, Vince, you coming on this show? I want to be in the marijuana. Like I said, you're, you get the life uh, lifetime achievement award. <laughs> you get lifetime achievement. That's what they lifetime give. achievement award is what they call it. Ooh, hold on, you know, chiefing. Hold on, let me have a this. Oh, there you go. Drink I'm water. Drink, you can't see it. I'm drinking bong water. Uh, oh, anyway. disgusting! It's disgusting. Oh my god. Well, that should get you in the hall of fame. Yeah, that should get me in the hall. By the way, you sent me. Uh, what was it yesterday? You sent me. Uh, Snoop Dogg being who is he? Who? Oh, uh, Bill Burr was on Snoop Dogg's talk show. I am a little podcast. Definitely show. gonna uh, have to listen. You'd to like that. it? They talk about uh, old school basketball. So that's I'm definitely right gonna listen to that. Uh, big fan of Bill Burr. I know maybe controversial in some circles, but his take down ta- takedown of Steve uh, Jobs, 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 Jobs. I. I was a little reluctant to call him Jobs since the phone put so many people out of work. But anyway, uh, whatever. His takedown of him is pretty funny and uh, right on target. Anyway, that's later in the day. Let's focus, Ben. Focus. Uh, and before we do any of that, young man from Alton, the man they call, what do they call? D-Nice with the news. No one calls me that. Hey, hand me that bottle over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, someone called you that. Yeah, Troy LaRaviette. Oh, Troy LaRaviette. I feel like we have this conversation every week. Oh, man. It's like uh, Groundhog Day. It's all that bong water. It is all that bong water. What a gross habit you have. Mm -hmm. All right, before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon, hey, Ben, uh, have you read that latest in uh, Crane Chicago Business on the TIF extension? Uh, Okay. uh, can, Can I? All right. First of all, by the way, Frank weighs in. Colorado does have a TIF. Yes, I'm, thank you, Frank. I figured um, they would. It's a very conventional way of raising money. It's only Chicago that has turned it into this. Well, I don't know for certain that it's only Chicago. I know of no. I know of no other city that has taken uh, the TIF financing tool and turned it into this huge scam, multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar scam. But uh, yo, I did not read the story. So here's what happened, folks. And I don't think anybody else has read the story. It started earlier today. I started getting texts from friends texting me a link to Greg Hines' latest story in Cranes about Mayor Lori Lightfoot extending a tip. All right, now here we go. Now... I've been working all summer, all right, trying to get Greg Hines on this program for a Zoom interview. Turns out he's not the biggest fan of Zoom. No. I've almost got him a, a one over. I'm one, winning him over. Okay. So please, tread lightly okay. on the Greg Hines. So as everybody knows who listens to this show, Greg Hines is just distinguished. How about that? Distinguished. Yeah. I like Political that. reporter for Crane Chicago Business. Yes. Uh, back in the day, when I was a very, very young man, and so was Greg, uh, we used to play at a poker party, okay? A regular poker uh, game. That's where we get in trouble. And, and let's just say, Greg may be a distinguished journalist, yeah. but a lousy poker. I used to take his money. Come on, Greg. At the end, I go, Greg, let, let's not even play the cards. Just give me the money. Just give me the money. All right. Very funny. Oh, um, wait, I got an email. Hold on, let me check. Let me see what's going on here. Okay, Greg Hines canceled. <laughs> we will never get this man on our program. Uh, as everybody knows, Greg, Damn it! Greg's favorite song is You Gotta Know When to Ho. Win the Ho! 
No, Greg hides all over the map on tips. One day he likes them, next day he doesn't like them. He loved them under, in the ROM era. I think he's come uh, to see the error of his ways. It's okay, uh, Greg. It takes all, some of us, it takes longer than others. Uh, so, yeah, he wrote a story. Give Greg credit. Uh, he got the scoop. And actually, you know what, Dee? This is going to sound horrible. But I knew this before it happened, only because I was obsessively going through legislation. But uh, anyway, Greg gets the scoop. Give him credit. The problem is his story, which he ran in Cranes, is uh, protected by a paywall. And all my cheap re uh, listeners who are sending me the link, too cheap to pay for it. Now, I want to tell you this, Cranes. Way I, to keep listeners listening. <laughs> Call them cheap. Well, like, Ben, did you see this story? They sent me the link. I, I click on the link. There's a paywall. I text them back. There's a paywall. Oh, yeah, I know. I didn't read the story either. Well, <laughs> what good is this? Uh, listeners, we don't think you're cheap, and we and I, <laughs> I bet you're all great at poker. Yeah, Greg Hines, great poker player. Okay, maybe that'll work. He's really one of the great poker players of all time, D. Uh, so anyway, it's protected by a paywall. I do not blame Cranes for having a paywall, you know, to protect themselves from cheapskates who just want to steal their stuff and read it like Ben Jarofsky. Uh, so I don't know the specifics of the story. I do know that uh, they, Lori Lightfoot got the state legislature, this happens all the time, to an extend a TIF district. And by extending a TIF district, that means that district will continue to siphon off property taxes that you, the dummies of Chicago, uh, continue to pay, thinking it's going for things like schools and cups and firefighters. And what you don't know is that a portion of it is going to a TIF district. And it doesn't say that on your tax bills, and like the one I have right here. This tax bill I have right here. Let's take a look. Is there anything on this property tax bill that I have right here that says anything about TIF money going to this uh, TIF district on the near north side in the Cabrini, where, where Cabrini Green used to be that Greg Hines just wrote about? Let's see. We have... And listeners, we don't think you're dummies. Water Reclamation District, Park Aquarium Bond, Chicago Park District, Board of Education, Chicago... Nope, nothing about a TIF. No, our listeners are smart, but the dummies in Chicago, if it's not on their tax bill, well, Ben, it, it, it doesn't say anything on my tax bill. Typical Chicagoan. I'll just give them the money anyway. <laughs> Here, take my money. But seriously, the four people have like reached out to Ben about this TIFF article. I know. <laughs> they, they keep sending me the same. Ben, did you see the story? Uh, just, I saw a headline. Have you read the story? No, there's a paywall. <laughs> Nobody's read the story. Anyway, so they extended the TIF. I, I figured that out from the headline. They extended the TIF district, which means for another, what, 13, 12 years, uh, you will continue to pay a portion of your property taxes uh, to this TIF district. And Lori Lightfoot, whoever the mayor of the city of Chicago is, will be free to spend it pretty much however uh, she wants or he wants, whoever the mayor is. So, uh, yeah, that's the TIF program in the city of Chicago. It's a, by the way, wait, hold on. What? Can I continue talking about this? I mean, it's your show, pal. What? Somebody else sent me a link to WirePoints. Remember WirePoints? WirePoints. <laughs> WirePoints is uh, this far right wing news operation. And I put news operation in quotes. They're basically, you know, a tool of the anti Pritzker crowd. Anyway, they said something nice about me. Really? Yes. You, you specifically? Me and Tommy Tresser. Wow. I know. I know. And they quoted me. Where's, my, hey, they didn't pay me. 
That's because the reader doesn't have a paywall. You got to get a paywall, all right? That was a guy named Mark Lennon who writes for Wirepoints. Quote me. Let me see. Hold on, D. Let me get this. Let me see. Hold on. Wow. This is good radio. Hold on. Wait, where we go? Here we go. It's podcasting. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, here we go. We're going to read the latest from... Wire points, points, points. Yeah, here we go. We they got Ben. They, they got a mini paywall here, but if I click this thing, the paywall disappears. All right. Uh, uh, Mark Glennon, and he writes, Glennon, Mark Glennon. Did he used to play football for the Chicago Bears? Focus, Ben, focus. Please. Uh, it's not often that we're on the same page with Tom Tresser of Civic Lag and Ben Jarofsky of the Chicago Reader. Yay, I made it! And that's why I was singing, I feel pretty, oh, so pretty, and so pretty and witty am I, because I made it, D. I'm in Wirepoint, the far right-wing brag for the anti-Pritzker crowd. I've made it. Well, I know there's a certain someone who wants to congratulate you. Yay for our teachers. <laughs> Yay for our teachers. I made it. My life is complete. Oh, God. But the cent on the central problem with t tax increment finance in Chicago, their abysmal lack of transparency were on common ground along with most everybody else. Well, I don't know about that, Mark Lennon. I mean, if everybody else was uh, on the same page regarding TIFs and their transparency, maybe they'd be more transparent. Did you ever think of that? In fact, I'm just going to say this right now. I can't think of anybody of significance who's on that page. Hence, the lack of transparency. Certainly no mayor of the city of Chicago has been ever, ever been on that page. And I hate to say this, Wirepoint. You're going to get really mad at me right now, and you're never going to say another nice thing about me, and I will never, ever be able to sing, I'm so pretty, and so witty, and so pretty, and witty am I, about you again. But no Republican in the state of Illinois of significance has ever lifted a finger for transparency with tips. Not a one of them. That's because a lot of them got their big paw on that tiff honey jar. They got honey all over their face, wire points. Yes, your beloved Republican Party is up to its eyeballs and TIF handouts. No wonder they shut up about it. They only worry about pensions. That's what they're worried about. Oh, a working stiff is getting a pension when he's a geezer? That's outrageous. But, you know, funnel $2 billion to TIFs to, let's see, what was the last proposal that absolutely no Republican opposed? Oh, yes! How about the big, huge TIF handout that Mayor Rahm and Governor Rauner wanted to give to Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Remember that one, Wire Points? Well, let's see if anybody from the Republican Party was opposing that one. Hey, guys, come out from under the table. Ugh, we're scared. Yeah. How'd they get in the attic? <laughs> Thought the door was locked. Oh, God, that's the problem, Wire Points. If anybody really cared about transparency, they would be transparent. But there's a reason nobody wants them to be transparent. The guys giving the money who control the TIFs don't want it to be transparent. And the people taking the money don't want to be transparent. And most of the people taking that money, or many of those people taking that money, are of the Republican persuasion. Hence, a lack of transparency. And transparency is not even, in my humble opinion, wire points, the worst problem with the TIFs. I would have to say the worst problem with the TIFs, hmm, how about this? They're intended for the poorest of the poor and they go to the richest of the rich. That 
I would say would be the worst problem of the TIFFs. Although if you give me more time to think about it, there's so many problems with TIFFs. I could go on and on and on. But anyway, D, you know what? I don't want to seem unappreciative. So one more time, I want to thank Wirepoint. Oh, there you go. And they spelled my name right. Did they? Yeah, and then they quoted me a bunch of times. Can, can I read you some of the quotes, D? <laughs> go for it. All right. Here's a quote. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Huh, huh, huh. Wait a minute. They quoted Greg Hines too. Oh, they're really spreading oh, around. There we go. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's let's go back to that. Let's yeah. They love let's keep scorching that bridge. Uh, okay, tiffs are a shadow budget, as Jarofsky put it, because it's impossible to know what's going on, where or why. How much do the tiffs, with their annual take of hundreds of millions, add Chicago property tax bill? Good question. Here's Jarofsky's candid answer, despite his years of detailed research on him. You know what? I got to thank you, Mark, for saying. You didn't have to say the years of detail. That was really nice, okay? Yeah. Thank you, okay? Forget and all that other stuff he said. Forget everything I ago. said about you being a lousy quarterback. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, guys, that was Mike Glennon, all right? Just a little inside joke that nobody got. Quote, this is him quoting me. I can't tell you because I don't know. I'm not privy to that information. I need to make such calculations. Those who have the info aren't talking, presumably, because they don't want you to know. Thank you, Mark Lennon, for quoting me. Thank you for putting my name in there. And thank you for spelling it correctly and for filling my day with joy and glee. I do feel pretty, D. Uh, but I have to say, just going to say this to my listeners out there. I love every single one of you dearly, but... You know what the little bird says when it flies over your head? Cheep, 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 cheep. Come on. <laughs> Get through that crane's paywall. Now you're going to say, Ben, why aren't you on the... Why don't you subscribe? Oh, yeah, good. why don't you subscribe, you Greg know. Hines lover? <laughs> good counterpoint, uh, listeners. Of course, I made the counterpoint. Good counterpoint. No, that's... Who am I... Let's see, D. Who am I channeling when I say good counterpoint? Mayor... Uh, I don't know. It's one of our favorite gags. Lori Lightfoot to Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, how did you get to be so smart? To which Hillary Clinton goes, good question, Mayor. I love it when you play that thing. Anyway, <clears throat> so thank you very much, Wire Points. And yes, that's the tip story. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll do the deep dive and get back to you guys tomorrow on what the mayor's up to here. I'm basically accumulating a slush. To spend as she wants. Slush. Just think Tiff equals slush. That's all you need to know. Oh, I just got an email from Wire Points. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it's some audio. Let's hear this. <laughs> Wire Points, Points, Points. We hate Pinterest. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. That was so fast. No, they're really mad. At, hold on. I just got a cease and desist. Uh, text message from wire points stop <laughs> stop linking us to mike glennon oh sorry okay mike glennon being the really bad quarterback that the chicago bears signed to an 18 million dollar contract doing anything to avoid signing colin kaepernick remember that mike glennon he has nothing to do with wire points it was a bad joke i humbly apologize all right local news everybody let's do it huh <laughs> 
God. I love talking about tips. Can we talk tips a little more? No, let's get to the local news. Let's get to the local news here. Uh, First up, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. I'm here to tell the carnival barkers, the doomsayers, the paid professional critics, the state of our state is growing stronger each day. Don't believe me? Well, consider these facts. Uh, Actually, no one cares. (laughs) I like J.B. No public. I didn't say I hate him. Wait, time out. That was his, uh, which speech was that? That was his budget speech or his state of the state? Budget, his budget. That was pre-pandemic, D. God, I know. Whoa, get out the bong on that one, huh? No public event scheduled for the governor. Uh, I guess the big guy is sitting back and enjoying the fruits of his labor this afternoon because it's July 1st, which means, and trying to contain your excitement here, listeners, but it's a new fiscal year in Illinois. Now, this also means (laughs) that a handful of new laws have gone into effect today. And thanks to Springfield's NPR station 91.9, we have a list of those new laws. Wait, NPR in Springfield? Yeah. All right. Give him a shout out. Hey, NPR, I'm just saying. Dr. D, pretty talented guy. Yeah. All right. I bet I'd be good at NPR Springfield. I I could just hear you. And in the news, this is ironic. (laughs) Governor Pritzker is the governor. That would so be the news, yeah. Ironic. <laughs> no, I would imagine NPR like doing like farm reports, but uh, in that voice. Here's your farm report. <laughs> Soybeans. <laughs> yeah. How ironic. That's how that would be. <laughs> Soybeans. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we got these new laws here, and uh, nothing new here. I'm going to read them, and Ben will talk about them. But first, okay. we must discuss a law that unfortunately did not make the cut in the new fiscal year. Would have been really convenient if it did, given the current crisis we're facing at the moment. Rent control. Yes. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. The headline reads, housing advocates fear eviction boom urge Governor Pritzker to cancel rent and mortgage payments. Housing Advocates Tuesday taped notices demanding rent payments within five days on the gate of Governor J.B. Pritzker's home in the Gold Coast in hopes of drawing (laughs) attention to what they say is an imminent housing crisis. The Lift the Ban Coalition posted the notices while calling on the first-term governor to cancel rent and mortgage payments and to lift the ban on rent control because so many people are out of work due to that damn dirty coronavirus. In a twist, the notices were addressed to the, quote, renters of Illinois and listed Pritzker as the, quote, landlord or landlord's agent with service on behalf of the real estate lobby. Here's Rod Wilson. He's a member of the Lift the Ban Coalition. And hey, no one said being the governor of an entire state was easy, all right? Rod Wilson said, quote, all we're saying is sign the paper, cancel the rent, cancel the mortgage, Put a regulation on rent increases. That's all we're asking for. Otherwise, he's going to be known as the billionaire governor that led us into the worst housing crisis ever. And I say, shame on you. Anything you'd like to say before we continue? Yeah, there's a lot I'd like to say about that. Uh, and we, we had, to, first of all, I urge everybody to check out our interview with uh, State Representative uh, Delia Ramirez, remember that uh, interview, mm-hmm. D? We took the deep dive on this issue and talked about how the, this bill uh, was torpedoed uh, in the House uh, about a month ago. God, I've lost track of time. But uh, yes, the state of Illinois, the Democratic Party in particular, does not want to move too quickly on this front. 
and uh, it gets at the heart of many of the divisions uh, in the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party takes very seriously the real estate lobby and the, the uh, interest of real people who own property, uh, and they do not want aid going to renters. And part of me, D, I'm very... I'm, okay, let me back up. I have never, ever, ever, personally been a landlord. I've never owned property. Well, the only property I own is my house. I've never rented out to anybody. Uh, so I do not have the perspective of experience. So I have to put that out there up front. All right, D, have you ever owned property and uh, been a landlord? Uh, well, I've dabbled a little bit. Oh. You'll find out in moments. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can tell you this. I've had many conversations with people who own property and are landlords. And almost exclusive, it's, it's, it is just like across the board. There is a refa- refrain from many of these people. They'll look at me and they go, Ben, because they, they know I'm of, of the liberal persuasion. And they go, Ben, I know what I'm about to say is politically incorrect. So whenever anybody starts that, you go, uh-oh, where, where are we going with this, right? <laughs> and, then, and then they talk about how the law gives too much protection to renters. I'm just telling you folks about conversations I've had many times with many different people uh, across mm, all kinds of like uh, demographics, black people, Hispanic people, white people who've owned property. I've had this conversation, and they uh, believe that the law goes too far to protect renters and they'll tell me about these uh, horrific tenants that they've had to deal with who would never leave and they've had to go to court and it was a big pain in the neck to get rid of them uh, and they didn't pay the rent uh, and they left the the house a mess or the the apartment a mess i'm just telling you the story that i've heard many times and so this notion that somehow or other the state is far too what conciliatory to renters, far too lenient toward renters uh, at, at the expense of landlords, has deep roots in the state of Illinois, in the city of Chicago. And so it's, you're, it's always going to be a struggle to get more protection for renters. It will always be a struggle uh, regardless. And I also believe there are some real estate owners i gotta watch what i'm saying this one very carefully d i'm gonna think through what i'm about to say who are going to take advantage or want to take advantage only would have done that with greg hines and wire points (laughs) just saying back to the landlords who probably are going to take advantage of this pandemic to get rid of some tenants they want to get rid of for whatever reason d okay for whatever reason maybe the tenants they don't like them maybe they play live music Maybe they, they just want to get rid of them so it's easier to sell the property. Who knows? I just have a feeling, knowing, <laughs> having had many conversations with many people who are landlords over the years, that they're trying to take advantage of this pandemic or they would like the ability to take advantage of this pandemic to get rid of uh, tenants. And so the last thing they want is the state to pass a law that protects the interest of tenants and protects their leases, even if they're not paying rent. D, D, I know what you're saying. You're saying, Ben, you're so cynical, okay? But that's my hunch. And so that's why the Democrats are not passing. That's one of the reasons the Democrats are not passing the sweeping 
uh, rent aid that the activists want. The Suntime article continues here. Keisha Smith, 43, of Austin, said that she's worried the coming months will result in a boom in evictions. She said, quote, too many of us will be homeless after the pandemic. I have at least six families who are petrified because what are they going to do? Businesses were closed down. They lost their jobs. Some of them were able to get unemployment, but some of them weren't. They are uh, they are fighting that. It's just nobody knows what they are up against. So we've come together. So, yeah, kind of crummy from stay home, save lives to move out. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, well. Still no new legislation to help people keep a roof over their heads during a pandemic. Boy, if only we had someone with gobs and gobs of money in Illinois. Yeah? I got the newsroom flagging me down. Oh, interesting. We must have an update. All right, let me go over to the newsroom for a second. Hang tight, listeners. I'm going to grab the story, and I will be right with you. Hey, give me the story! (laughs) What, did you pay rent? Yeah, I'm renting out the attic to the newsroom. That's who uh, they oh, haven't paid rent yet. Wait, there's the, the attic or the basement? We're in the attic. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I just went to the newsroom. <laughs> okay. The, in that the little room that I went to. Ah, I get you. Off of the attic. They Got owe it. me money for rent. Yeah, uh, you know, they're... Hey, four more days. That's all you get. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he's a tough landlord, that Dr. D. We got the update here. His new, his new name is Dr. L, Dr. Landlord. My name's Dennis. All right. <laughs> got the story. Oh, oh, that's right. We do have a really, really rich guy living in Illinois with gobs and gobs of money. Oh. It's Illinois' richest man, billionaire Ken Griffin. Kenny G. Maybe he can lend a hand to his fellow Illinoisans and maybe the most insane time we'll ever live in. All right. This story does involve Ken Griffin. Oh. Illinois billionaire Ken Griffin, it says here, gives $10 million. To the Navy SEAL Foundation. Mm, not really going to help any. Uh, <laughs> the Navy SEAL, what, what's the money going to be? Well, according to Ben's favorite magazine, Crane's Chicago Business, this is the largest. Wait, donor- time out. How'd you get through the paywall? <laughs> Newsroom, baby. Oh, my God. Don't tell Greg Hines, okay? <laughs> according to Crane's Chicago Business, yeah. please come on the show, Mr. Hines. <laughs> Uh, this is the largest donation in the Navy SEALs' 20-year wow. history. The money will expand programming and care for the elite SEAL military personnel and their families. Well, I'm glad they're good, yeah, they're including okay. support for children's resiliency programs and a scholarship program providing tuition assistance to SEAL members seeking higher education. Well, you want me to comment on that? I mean, that's what we do here. $10 million to the SEALs. What did he give to uh, to help the kids of Chicago like with the internet access? I forget. Hundreds of thousands of kids with it. I think he gave $7 million, Did I say? Is that a, no, I don't know if it was that much. Anyway, who am I to criticize Ken Griffin, the r- richest man in the state of Illinois, uh, this hedge fund operator who makes gazillions of dollars every day with trades, uh, you know, the, every now and then he throws a nickel out at that. He's still, the $10 million D, still not as much money as he donated to Bruce Rauner. So apparently he loves those children of Navy SEALs, but not as much as he loves Bruce Rauner. Just saying, all right? Got a ways to go. And by the way, since I raised the topic, let me just say this. That fundraising drive to help the kids of Chicago get internet access it's going to take four years, according to the Tribune, to get the internet access going. If anybody in the city of Chicago really cared about kids, 
They wouldn't make them wait four years to get internet access. Just saying, D. Anyway, Kenny G, thank you for giving the money to the Navy SEALs. Thank you for giving the money to the kids of Chicago. Uh, but could you kick in a little more money for the kids of Chicago? Because four years is an awful long time. And by the way, could you like, why don't you just give some money to some Democrats just to even it out a little bit? You know, like uh, the guy running against, what's her name? Lauren, I just blanked on her name, Lauren Boebert. Why don't you give money to the Democrat who's running against Lauren Boebert? Uh, Diane Bush is her name uh, in the 3rd Congressional District in Colorado. There you go. I just figured out a donation for him to make. How about that, D? Awesome. Wait, wait hold on. What'd you say? Hey, oh, it's down to three days. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they got tough, three days now to pay the rent. Tough, oh, they're out of here. Tough All right. landlord. So I, I see you're not going to be joining the protest outside of JB's house oh, anytime. Hell no. Hell so no. Tough, not until this newsroom coughs it up. All right? <laughs> He's a cold-hearted landlord, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Now let's get to it here. Let's find out what new... New laws went into effect today. Yes, uh, spoiler alert, by the way, guys. Um, marijuana is still legal. All right, turns out that's made a bunch of money, so that's not going anywhere. All right, first new law is the gas tax. Motorists will pay a bit more at the pump, but downstaters and Pritzker haters, please do not flip out yet because this is nothing like the last increase that we were hit with uh, when we saw motor fuel taxes go up 38 cents per gallon on July 1st. Today, the pump prices will rise less than a penny per gallon, and it will gradually increase uh, to seven cents or by seven cents per gallon. And this is a part of an annual hike tied to inflation. Ben, uh, how are you feeling about the gas tax? I'm Big supporter of raising the gas tax. Eddie Maher has been on the show many times explaining how it's going to be used to uh, pay for infrastructure repairs that we need throughout the state of Illinois. So hip, hip, hooray for raising the gas tax. Hip, Plus, hip, hooray. It doesn't really hit. Okay, now you're going to point out, Ben, you hardly drive at all anymore. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I can't remember the last time I put I think it's been about three weeks since I put gas in the car. Dave, Holy so, cow. Yeah. But I do uh, pay property tax. I just did I tell you about this property tax bill I got today? No, uh, not once. Well, get ready to see it here. You'll be seeing it for about ooh another two months. It's gonna be a while. Hold your horses, Cook County. You'll get it, but it's gonna take a while. So that was the first uh, new law. By the way, we went over minimum wage yesterday, so we obviously know that's one. Uh, go listen to yesterday's show, and we talked all about minimum wage. All right, so first new law: gas tax. Uh, the next one, pretty straightforward: tickets for texting. This law will allow the Secretary of State to revoke or suspend someone's license for using an electronic device, such as a cell phone or a laptop. If, okay. A laptop? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. While behind the wheel. That like, is... if, you're, if you're on a laptop behind the wheel, never hang out with me again. You really have issues, folks, if you're using a laptop <laughs> behind the wheel. I didn't know it was illegal. Yeah, so uh, it says here that it will allow Secretary of State to revoke or suspend someone's license for using an electronic device while behind the wheel if they cause great bodily harm or disfigurement as a result of an accident. Another measure will also allow licenses to be revoked for motorists injuring people in crosswalk accidents. Uh, by the way, what's your position, Dennis, on uh, people who text and drive? Uh uh, knock it off, everybody. That's really stupid. I have Focus, this, people. Focus. Uh, I, I have a confession to make, Dean. One of my famous confessions. Oh, I have. Oh, my God. I know. In the past, I, I get obsessed about things. I've really worked on this, folks. I've, I've done a good job, I think, about uh, ending this obsession. So uh, let's say like I get in the car and I've been on the phone and I'm just... 
I got to go somewhere. So I'm in a, a hurry, you know, to get where I'm going. But I'm still, my mind is back at dealing with whatever issue I was dealing with when I left the house. And so I start texting and I'm driving. And I realized, D, it's been a while since I've done that. I'm very proud of that. I can't do that anymore. So I put the phone in my pocket. Please. That's it. You know, you'll just have to wait. The text can wait. So I have a, when I'm walking, I have a real thing about people who are on their phones. And I'm like, you're on your phone. That's a violation of the law. You know, when you're old, you can do stuff like that, deep. You're like, oh, that old man. No, like, I don't know. <laughs> Not old. Yeah, he's a young guy. God bless you. Uh, well, I'll just give you a little hint, you know, what it's going to be like when you're older. You'll find. <sighs> remember, remember yesterday, so can I just, Maya defending millennials? Yeah. Did you see that? It was like, yeah. this is something I discovered, folks. If you criticize a millennial, the millennial generation to a millennial, they have this instinctive reaction to defend their generation. I feel no react, by the way. It's weird. I'm with them 100% when they rip boomers. What a freaking lousy generation the boomers are, you know, D? I'm glad you finally said it. I've finally? I've been saying it for years. They like that Donald Trump is the last boomer. Boomers have no credibility whatsoever but millennials are very defensive about this so yesterday we were, i pointed out something that you had pointed out d colin boyle ace photographer reporter for uh what's the name of the publication he works for d block club yeah, chicago that's what i wanted to know block club did the big story about young people uh just jamming bars and restaurants in wrigleyville uh to uh without masks and just sharing germs and it's really funny if you see the article you just see a picture of people lined up they're not wearing masks it's almost like i want to be in that moment where all those people are like oh shit that we're getting our pictures taken okay we're gonna be on the news yeah i know if they think about it at all they could be so bombed <laughs> they could be they could find their like that guy in in florida who i love uh corona that guy anyway so millennials oh, a whole lot of catfish that guy? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> uh no gators yet though no gators uh. do you think that guy the gator guy where, where's the mask anyway uh so i pointed out to, to um to maya instantly she goes it's not just young people ben and then she told me about some sushi bar in andersonville where middle-aged people and even older people we're eating sushi, congregating, no masks. Well, of course, you can't eat if you have the mask on. Unless you have, like, a mask with, like, a hole in it or something like that. That's a new thing that could come out, you know, like a mask with, like, you could fit the sushi through the little... I've seen some clever little uh, mask moves where you get a little string and you pull it and the mouth part comes up and you can eat some food. Well, I didn't... I didn't but anyway, the point is, I don't know. What do you think, D? Who violates the mask protocol more? Geezers... Or young people? Geezers. You think geezers violate it more than young people? Yeah. You're just saying that because you're a young you're person. You're damn right. <laughs> you're damn right. Proves Andy. my point. Millennials instinctively defend each other. Now, Ben, I saw an old guy at a sushi restaurant. Okay. All right. Uh, to the live stream chat here, uh, Stephen brings up a fantastic point. Stephen says, does that include cops? Because they have laptops in their cars. Excellent point. They sh should not be using their laptops while driving. That is for certain. Uh, but they do have laptops in their car. I, just the thought of using a laptop while driving, it's just people really getting comfortable uh, with, a little too comfortable with driving the car if they're using a laptop. But I believe the law also applies to police officers. Whether anybody's going to, you know, ticket a police officer is a whole other issue. 
Uh, Fred agrees with me. He says the older people are the worst with masks, ironically. Well, that is ironically because they're the ones with the most to lose. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to be doing a mental count tomorrow. I'll report my results. Oh, there we go. Excellent. Uh, okay. So we uh, went over that law there. Texting, uh, tickets for texting. How about schools? Yes, new laws involving schools. Contributions of the LBGTQ community will now be a part of school curriculums. A measure requires schools to include the teaching of history of the community in the coming school year for junior high students. The law says it should provide a history of the roles and contributions of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people in the history of both the United States and Illinois. A semester of civics education will also be required in the coming school year for junior high students. It requires that civics be taught to students between 6th and 8th grade. Schools are now required to develop a plan for students with epilepsy that includes training for employees and aides on how to handle students with the disease. The plan requires a student's parents or guardians to share the health care provider's instructions on managing the student's epilepsy and include a copy of any prescriptions and how and when to administer those medicines. Yeah, I've talked about uh, many of these bills. In fact, remember we did the, the breakdown Oh, my God, D was back in the studio in December of the new Bills. Remember that? Remember that show? Mm -hmm. It's proved to be a very popular show. Uh, but I remember particularly the civics uh, bill uh, because I just, God, that's going to be a really difficult and challenging for teachers to try to balance you know, us, the lessons of civics with whatever political leanings of the people who run the communities and the schools, districts that they are teaching in. Uh, particularly, I think, in just like civics. Like if you talk about the fair tax, the fair tax uh, proposal that uh, J.B. Pritzker has uh, got the General Assembly to put on the ballot will be, a, or what is it, uh, in November, there'll be a vote on that, whether we raise the highest rate on the... Um, wealthiest people in Illinois. So a civics class would have to deal with what I consider propaganda, which is the opposition to the tax, versus uh, truth, which is my view. How about that, D? <laughs> just imagine if a civics teacher just dealt with that statement that I made. Well, the other side's propaganda, and my side is the truth. Right there would be a little challenge <laughs> for a civics teacher. Just throwing that out there, ironically. So civics is a very difficult thing, obviously, to teach. Uh, and then, you know, getting the issue of uh, gay history, which I think should be a part of curriculum. Then you get into some districts where people just would have a, a instinctive reaction against it. Like some of the reactions against the Supreme Court when they defined uh, gay people as being a protected class from in uh, cases of being of discrimination. The I I would bet most of the Republican. Uh, voters were against that. I can, I can almost guarantee you uh, that the newly uh, nominated Republican candidate for Congress uh, in Colorado uh, would be against it, Lauren uh, Boebert. Uh, so, boy, I have a hard time with her name. But anyway, so teaching a civics class in this polit political climate is no joke, and I, I feel a little sorry for civics teacher. Remember, D, we had a civics teacher bring her kids into the studio a couple times back in the old days? Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, anyway, so yeah, it's uh, civ civics in school is one of those great ideas on paper that could be really problematic when put into practice. All right, so we've talked the gas tax. We talked texting in schools. We now go to new laws in gambling. 
Yeah. <laughs> Love gambling. All right. Well, not a new law per se. Casinos and video gambling terminals can reopen at 9 a.m. July 1st today. Uh, they have been closed for more than three months since they were closed as the state added restrictions due to COVID-19. At casinos, they will have reduced capacity, require social distancing, and make both customers and employees wear facial coverings. They will also have to meet certain sanitation requirements. Gamblers at video gaming outlets will see their machines separated from the others by at least six feet or a tall partition placed between them. The gambling parlors will also have sanitation requirements uh, on the eve of the reopening governor pritzker signed a new law taking effect uh, wednesday that will reduce taxes for the owners of a proposed chicago casino the additional taxes on the proposed facility had been a hindrance in getting a casino operated yes we've talked about this many times the old hindrance to a chicago casino chicago is desperate uh, for money any money can find in part because to, to tie all our topics together. They're allowing millions and millions of dollars to fly out the window for the TIF districts. So to find money, uh, to compensate for the money they're losing to the TIF districts, they're bringing a, a casino to Chicago. They're going to use the proceeds to help pay uh, pension obligations uh, for policemen and a uh, very important obligation that we must make. Uh, and I always doubted this. But from the get-go, the bill from the minute the bill was passed, it seemed uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and her city was saying, and the and her uh, uh, aides were saying that not enough money was going to the operator, too much money was going to the state and the city, uh, and so we had to lower the um, the amount that the city and the state get so that the operator could get more, and then there would be what uh, profitable for the operator to run a casino. And I didn't see. Obviously, I'd said I wasn't a landlord. I've never run a casino. Uh, but I had a little hard time believing that one, D. I just, the whole system is set up to benefit the casino. If you go to a casino, more likely, most likely you're going to lose. The whole thing is set up so you will lose. So I have a little hard time believing uh, we have to give them even more money to operate. But apparently, that's what the powers that be said. So they got their wish. So you see, D. See how easy it was to get more money to the casinos and how hard it is to get relief for tenants? How about teaching that in a civics class? Uh, there you go. There's a challenge for civics teachers. Good luck with this one. How easy it is to get relief for casino operators, but how hard it is to get relief for tenants. Good luck. Uh, civics teacher in Darren Bailey's downstate district with that one. And then while you're teaching the civics class in Darren Bailey's district, talk about the farm assistance program we have that DB, Darren Bailey, gets a lot of money. Uh, a shout out to Danny Mahopoulos. He's the one who broke that story for WBEZ. So, you know, just talk about the conflicting attitudes that Republicans have when, let's say, someone in Chicago gets relief for their rent. But in contrast to someone like Darren Bailey getting a handout, what, to help pay the bills on the farm? Just really interesting challenge for a civics teacher. Good luck with that one, civics teacher in downstate Darren Bailey's district. Well, I tell you what, if that downstate guy, Darren Bailey, only knew how much that this program talked about that guy. All right, we're moving on here. Hey, Ben, stop 
gambling. We got a show to do. Uh, Good uh, Lord. I was I I used to have a problem in that area, D. You know that. So I know. I'm it's, a reformed gambler. Let's not bring it back now. All right, moving on to some, uh, to some Chicago news. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. What a great question. Today, the mayor is or was, it's hard to tell, it's the middle of the day, on Belmont Avenue with Alderman Tom Tunney and Chicago Public Library Commissioner Andrea Telly for the reopening of the newly renovated Merlot Branch Public Library. Ben, you love libraries. I when, do love when, when are you going to that one? Uh, well, the John Merlo, I actually know the John Merlo Library. John Merlo is the former Democratic committeeman of the 44th Ward. For a brief moment, he was actually the alderman of the 44th Ward. This is a long time ago. They named the branch on Belmont, which is just west of Broadway, that particular branch on the north side of the street. How about this, D? Uh, it's a lovely library. I did not know they were uh, renovating it. It's relatively new. I don't know why they're already renovating it, uh, but uh, I know that branch. I love libraries. I... Uh, my beloved Evanston Public Library is still closed, so I can't use that, but I go to the Sulzer branch here in Chicago all the time. So, yeah, as I always point out, it's kind of quirky how things happen in Chicago. Uh, Lori uh, Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, opened the libraries, uh, but kept the lakefront closed. Uh, and the mayor of Evanston, his name is Steve Haggerty. How do I know that, D? I do not know. I actually don't know if Steve Haggerty has as much power in Evanston as uh, Lori Lightfoot has in Chicago. But their lakefront was never closed, and their libraries are still closed. So figure that out. Anyway, uh, I'm here, here. Congratulations, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, for opening the libraries. All right, and looking at new Chicago laws, one went into effect today, and that's the Chicago Fair Workweek Ordinance. Yes. This ordinance covers employers primarily engaged in only certain industries, including building services, hotels, healthcare, and retail. An employer in a covered industry must also employ 100 or more employees globally, 250 for nonprofit corporations, 50 of whom need to be, quote, covered employees. An employee is covered by the ordinance uh, where they earn up to $26 per hour or $50,000 or less salaried. And the employee must uh, mostly work in the city of Chicago and in the covered industry. You lost me. Once you get to the fine print of these laws, you know, the law is intended to protect the rights of workers. But then, you know, then the other side gets it's like a civics class. Here, (laughs) teach this in a civics class. How could a law that's intended to protect the rights of workers end up reading like a legal document? <laughs> D just read uh, the the party, the first party, with the second party. Uh, the blah, 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 blah. That was a terrible impression of me. <laughs> when it's all said and done, who knows who's protected? You know. So uh, that's because civics class. You have lobbyists. Ever hear about that? Ooh, teaching the concept of a lobbyist to have a civics class in the city of Chicago. That how about teaching TIFFs? In a city of Chicago classroom. Oh, my God. Man, let's just train a bunch of little Ben Jarofskis and <laughs> there we go. throw them out into the world. But I'll tell you what would be popular if I went to DB's district and talked about Chicago TIFF's program. Hey, Did who's going to feed them homes? <laughs> I want some of that TIFF money. Anyway, I, uh, I, I, what you just read, D, I couldn't follow it. So I'm sure there's basically saying there's all these loopholes in the law to protecting various businesses from having to be fair to its workers. So. Yeah, yeah. I got lost in reading it myself. I could just sound good while reading I it. I know. You did a great job of reading it. But I, I mean, <laughs> it, that was, I think, from the Sun-Times article. Was that the Sun-Times article? 
I, I believe so. I don't know. I just, a lot of times I read articles. It's in the morning. I'm not really up yet. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, so I'm reading brain. this article. I'm drinking, oh, my God. Uh-oh. Here comes the legalese. Bring in the lawyer. Where's Jim Coogan? We need Coogan to help me with this. Anyway. So there you are, everybody. That is uh, the news for the day here. Let's go to the live stream chat. Pat Rod, what's up? He said, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed Ben saying I'm so pretty. <laughs> we tuned in late. <laughs> well, first of all, you could download the podcast which drops at approximately what would you say deep quarter to four yeah quarter it? to four quarter to four so but uh pat rod uh he just hit he rewound a little bit and started from the beginning so glad you're with us patty you want me to sing it again uh sure I mm, feel pretty oh so pretty and so pretty and witty am i see the pretty girl in the mirror Maybe my favorite song in West Side Story. All right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Jay Marie. What's up? Jay Marie weighed in uh, with a point here. First off, she says, I think the younger people are worse with masks. I'm with you, Jay Marie, 150%. This, these young people go, oh, it's the older people are fooling themselves. Uh, and then she goes on to say, uh, CPD also does not wear masks. Most I have seen do not have on masks. You know, it's funny. I've been counting. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned this, Jamie. When I go for my nightly walk, uh, whenever I see a cop, I notice: are they wearing a mask? Are they not wearing a mask? It's about fifty-fifty. It's a. I realize that would not count in a civics class. It's an accurate uh, study, but it's right. my rough. Looks like the live stream chat has uh, created a new nickname for our president: COVID forty-five. They're calling him. <laughs> That's very good. I'm going to steal that and use it. Hold on. <laughs> COVID-45. Very good. And uh, more people uh, say they're calling, oh, like Jim, he says, calling BS on the laptops, texting, because uh, cops always use laptops when they are running license plates in traffic. So once again, he pointed that out as yeah, well. Yeah, but isn't it the guy, if it's two cops in a car, here I am defending the police, the passenger seat guy, like, like okay, in the old days? Uh, when I occasionally drove to the uh, office, when we come home, Dennis would drive, right, D? You love driving, uh -huh. and uh, I hate driving. It worked out perfectly. He's a good driver, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, not, not not that great at parallel parking. I'm a country. I'm a yeah, country. I know. Kid, I, so. Isn't that funny? Like we, he would do the driving. We get to the parallel park, but. You know, and we work. We, you know, we have our strengths and our weaknesses. And we don't do that much in the country where I'm from, so, you know. Uh, but anyway, so I would be on the phone. But it's okay, because I'd be cutting deals on the phone, setting up the next day's interviews. But Dennis would be driving, so I'm, I don't know, the passenger is certainly way. Anyway. Well, feel free to weigh in on the live stream chat. we got plenty more show to go, and we would love to hear from you. Also, you can feel free to reach out to us on social media, at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Say hey to Leah. Leah is back. Yes, school is out. Uh, I don't know when. The, I guess school is going to be back in August. Who knows? Pandemic. But we got Leah with us, and uh, she's helping us out on social media. So say hey to Leah. Find us on all the social media. Weigh in with your thoughts and good stuff like that. And don't miss tonight's part two of the Ben Jarofsky show. That's right. We do this live and then we jump off and then we make part two available for download only at both Chicago Sun Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Ben, remind everybody one more time. Who's our part two? Vince Norman, uh, Marijuana Hall of Fame. We'll be talking policing issues. We'll be talking. Uh, well, his picture was just in the Sun Times. Sun Times. I'm going to give him a hard time about that. Uh, but uh, politics, so, policing yeah. issues, sports, uh, 
Vince covers uh, can cover pretty much any topic. So if you're listening, uh, please, uh, live streamers, send in your ballots for uh, the Marijuana Hall of Fame, all right? Maybe uh, you can get in there. I don't know. We'll talk to them and see if we can get you registered or something. All right, so we're going to take a little break. Hold on. What? I'd like to read Stephen's letter. I've been meaning to ah, read this letter. Yes. I was going to read it yesterday, but I couldn't find it, and now I found it. And yes, Stephen, he's on the live stream chat. Is Tractors it? do have a reverse, but go ahead. Yes. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. How do you know? I'm from the country. Okay. Uh, and this is a great letter. I got it uh, about a week ago. I've been meaning to read it. I was going to read it yesterday, but I couldn't find it. Found it. Here we go. Dear comrades, it is with regret that I confess I have not raised my activism to a level I would expect during this struggle. This crisis spiritually knocked me to the mat, and I have yet to rally back to my feet. But we are all one in the struggle. Your strength is my strength, and clearly all are not down for the count, so neither am I. I'd like to mix my metaphors and settle up my activist debt by re-gifting y'all a message from native son Fred Hampton, quote, where there are people, there is power, all power to the people, unquote. These words are more needed, are, are more needed now than ever because we the people find ourselves asking now more than ever, what are we to do about it? Our main avenue of dissent, peaceful demonstration, is being repressed and criminalized. The police department can just download demonstration photos from social media, round, up, uh, round people up on bogus charges, and hope we're too poor or isolated to make bail. Sure, we might win, but it's only when they let us. FDR said, go out and make me do it. To you, I ask, why aren't we allowed to do it for ourselves? It is the people with the political will to take to the streets to demand change. It is the people who take to the streets the next day to clean up broken windows and tear gas canisters. We have a problem when all the political will to improve and maintain society is with the people and all the power to do anything lies in the hands of politicians who either only tepidly support Kenta Cloth Nancy. Oh, you got to rip Nancy Pelosi, huh, Stephen? I'm smiling. Uh, or violently oppose our struggle, the occupant. Voting is not power when our choices are all corporate lawyers. Protest and disobedience do not bring about adequate reform when everything needs reforming. We must demand radical change to the balance of power. We must demand power. As a humble nobody sent by no one, I make this modest call to action and request our editor, host, and pal, a digital first Tuesday where Ben, where Benny and Maya get the fine leaders of our growing progressive movement to talk about people power. Problems are not just opportunities we don't recognize yet. In our young activist organizers caucus, we have an opportunity to get the power. I am curious what a Jeanette, a Carlos Ramirez Rosa, or a SDG, and we all know who SDG is, D, Stacey Davis Gates, type person would say about people power, and I hope you are too. We won't see the change we need to see until we are allowed to make change for ourselves. All power to the people, yours and struggle, Stephen Yoshida. Stephen, great letter. And uh, yeah, I'm going to talk to uh, Maya about that. I'm not, I don't know if I want to do a virtual uh, hideout show, Stephen. I have to think about this. I just, I don't know, Zoom. I cannot, st I have my things with Zoom. Uh, Zoom hasn't won you over yet. No, huh? no. But I want to, uh, it's a great topic for when we get back to the hideout. Uh, I was talking to Timmy Tutton at the hideout a while ago about that. And there's, if we do a show at the hideout, we have to be wearing masks. There's still a lot of uh, rules and regulations. Uh, but uh, I, I would rather just do a regular hideout show with masks, D, uh, and have um, our good friend Tony O, Tony O, uh, put it out over Facebook. Just like the old days, limited audience. I think that would be fun to do. And I love having Jeanette Taylor on that stage with Stacey Davis Gates. That would be a great 
show. Well, I think listeners are just excited to hear that you're, you know, thinking about uh, First Tuesday and trying to get it back up on its feet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely, I miss First Tuesday uh, and I miss the dynamic, uh, the, the audience. Frank, I've, my, Frank would be there in the front row. Uh, it's a really smart audience. They'd ask great questions. <laughs> a lot of times they ask a question, I wouldn't know what they were talking about because it was like an issue I hadn't done, hadn't read about. So, boy. Talk about ducking and diving, dodging, D. Oh, well, that's an interesting question. Shout out to Radio Doogie on the live stream chat. Doogers brings up a great idea. Do a hideout patio show. That is a great idea. That's a great idea. I'm going to talk to Timmy T about that. That would be a great idea. We were talking about that with PC, Peter Cunningham, the show we dropped last night. By the way, it's a great interview with Peter Cunningham. The sound quality is a little off, I must confess. <laughs> but uh, Sorry, Eric Zorn. Uh, yeah, oh, no, Eric, I really apologize for this one because the sound quality, we knew when it was happening, but PC was on a roll and he wanted to stop him. Uh, but uh, he was suggesting we do a show from his backyard, which I talked to Dennis about. I'm really down for that. But I, that is a great idea. I'm going to talk to Timmy Tutton about that. Maybe do a patio show. Hell yeah. What the rules and regulations are about that. Uh, I'm going to give old Tim a call. we got to get Timmy back on the show. He hasn't been on in a while, right? No, he has not. Let's, He's great. Let's hear your Tim Tutton uh, impression. All right. Well, if you're listening, Tim, please come on the show. Don't be upset. Ah, Ben, man, let's go. <laughs> hey. Hey. It's like Sebastian Bach on Trailer Park Boys, really. A little Joe Rogan-esque. <laughs> Just saying, little Joe. Do your Joe Rogan right now. That's Go. crazy. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Joe Rogan. 20 right. million. He's, we're at 500,000. He's at 20 million. We're coming for you, Joe. Watch out, Joey. All right. A Spotify. Help us out, huh? Yeah, come on, Spotify. Come on. All right, and uh, we'd like to welcome two two uh, new people to the live stream chat. This is awesome. Lucille, what's going on? Welcome to the live stream chat. Uh, Lucille uh, is a fan of Zoom. Zoom is easy to connect. I like it. Okay. I don't know, Lucille. I just, we'll just have to agree to disagree with it. All right, and we got uh, another uh, new live streamer. Uh, it took me a while to understand uh, the joke here and the name here. Uh, tall, T-A-L-L, Ken. K-E-N, chit. Talking chit. <laughs> Took me a while, too. But then I got it. The light went on. Whoa. <laughs> That's awesome. Talking chit. Man, Welcome. I'm hungry. Are you hungry? <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm suddenly really hungry. <laughs> that was candid. Don't go anywhere, everybody. The Ben Jarofsky Show will be right back. We are live from Ben's Attic. Uh, ben, you go ahead and uh, make a, a request here. Uh, pick a Michael Girardi song. I got... Oh, Tiff! Uh, okay. Well, what we, what played else? we played that in the beginning of the show. Oh, so, okay. okay so. Oh, editorial. I, I probably, pound for pound, my favorite is editorial board. All right. We're going to go editorial board from our good friend Michael Girardi. You can find these songs, Bandcamp, Michael Girardi, G-E-R-A-R-D-I, on Bandcamp. Download them. Tell your friends. Uh, you hear him on this fantastic little program, The Ben Jarofsky Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Monroe Anderson. We're live from Ben's Attic. Yay for our teachers! Yay for our teachers!
I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book. singing the song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine. We've said it's time to bring in the light, and it's sure shining on all of us tonight. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Thank you very much. God bless you all, and God bless Chicago. Ben, don't put on that pair of bell bottoms. <laughs> hey, we're back, everybody. All right. Let's call up the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Monroe Anderson. Uh-oh. We I, did go. It, I did it wrong from the get-go. All right, here we go. My favorite part of the show, the phone call. Will it work? Will it not work? There's that awkward pause. Hello? All right. Connection has hey, been made. What's Am I coming through loud and clear? What do you think, Dennis? You sound great, buddy. You sound great, yes. Okay, good. Uh, uh, yeah, you sound actually. You, you do sound good. I mean, <laughs> we weren't lying. We weren't lying for once. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I know how you guys let, like to put me on. Everybody else was listening, going, "He doesn't sound good at all." <laughs> <laughs> We're just leading you. All right, now look, I, I, I've, I have a confession to make, Monroe. Before the show, when Monroe were talking, doing our pre-show prep, uh, which we do every Wednesday, he said, uh, send me a cheat sheet. 
I said, you got it. And I forgot to send you one. So uh, right. I'm just going to read the cheat sheet that I would have sent. And we'll see how many of these items we get through. Uh, so we're going to do Bounty Gate. We're going to do Mask Attack, the Republicans' aversion to masks. We're going to do the great right. Facebook boycott. Uh, I have joined it. Monroe has not. We're going to talk about the Supreme Court. John Roberts desperately trying to win back swing voters in Wisconsin. If you don't think he's a political operative for the Republican Party, you are kidding yourself. Uh, and then the curious uh, candidacy of Burgess Owens. I sent uh, Monroe some samples of Burgess Owens' worldview. Uh, he is a former NFL player who was victorious in the Republican primary. Uh, who, in- who did he play for? <sighs> Do you know? I believe, don't quote me on this, the New York yeah. Jets. He played for the okay. New York Jets. He's That was back in the day, so he's... Uh, okay, yeah, and I thought I vaguely remember him being a, an idiot then, too. <laughs> you know, I mean, you had the guy... I mean, the problem with, with some of these NFL players was they take one too many to the head. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, they, and, and they've been taking them since they were in high school, um, you know, because you had the guy, I can't remember his name, but who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who refused to go to the White House to meet with Obama oh, and the rest of the team yeah. did. I don't remember that guy. You know, yeah, no, I don't you remember. You don't remember or you remember, but you don't remember his name. I don't, I know that there was a bear who refused to go, uh, Dan Hampton wouldn't go to the White House to see Obama win Obama. But this was a black player I'm talking about. Now, oh. I understand why the white players wouldn't do it. <laughs> well, I, I don't understand why they wouldn't do it, but I... Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, but who... It's, no, I don't remember. It's racist. Um, it, but this was, this was a black player. Um, uh, I, I, I can't remember. Well, we'll find it. Uh, I know. The, yeah. The, yeah. Let, let's just start with this topic first uh, because okay. we're already discussing it. And so Burgess Owens, I've seen him of uh, his clips, uh, and he is a former NFL player, as I said. He is a Republican, and he's a black man, and he is unafraid to say things about the Black Lives Matters movement uh, that uh, many white people uh, who are running for office would uh would be very reluctant to openly say. They may say it privately at home. Oh, they do say it privately. Yeah, yeah but right. they're not going to come. But Burgess Owens doesn't care. Uh, and and as such, he's, a, uh, he's going to be used by the Republican Party as, an, as the voice on these issues because then they could say, see, if uh, it's not racist if Burgess Owens says it. So that's the oh, role. Of course not. So what's your thoughts about all this, Monroe? Well, okay, let's 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 go way back in American history. Uh, we've been we, we were brought here 401 years ago. Uh, we were freed uh, in, in 1863 or 1865, depending on where you lived. And there have always, I mean, always been some black person that love the master more than they do themselves. And they would be, there were slaves when they were free who were more concerned about what was going to happen to the master now that they weren't around to help them 
than they were about themselves and getting freedom. There are also blacks who attempt being black to white conservatives. You know, if I, if, if, if I wanted, wanted to be a, a two, $2 million a year man, all I would have had to do is to talk Republican talking points. And they would snap me up. I'd be on Fox or someplace like that. Mm-hmm. They'd be parading me around. And as long as I continue to say the wrong, sorry, right things, <laughs> then I, I would be... Uh, there is no sense in what he said. Black Lives Matter is the this era civil rights movement. Period. And so anybody who attacks it, you know, the whites who attack it, these are the same people who in in um Dr. King's day were attacking him, calling him a communist and all kind of other things because they didn't like what he was saying and doing. And now that it's, because this is the major conservatism, once something is established, in most cases, then they try to conserve that. So they accept what what's become established. They just don't want any change. And particularly when it comes to black people. All right. Now, I'm going to uh, ask you some follow-up questions because you've raised a lot of points. And particularly, I'm going to ask you about uh, Senator uh, Tim Scott of South Carolina. But when you mentioned Martin Luther King, I just have to say this, Monroe. When Martin Luther yeah. King was alive right. and protesting and leading a movement against all kinds of things, it wasn't just uh, getting blacks to from the back of the bus to the front of the bus. It was also pushing for an economic justice program, guaranteed income program, health care for all program, anti-poverty program, against the war in Vietnam. All these uh, left of center causes that he was pushing for in his last years of his life, he was widely vilified and demonized by many white people in this country. Came to Chicago, got hit in the head with a rock for uh, right. open housing mark and the FBI right, exactly. was pursuing a campaign against him that was attempting they were listening to his conversations listening to his hotel and motel rooms they were taping it and tr- using the tapes to try to drive him to suicide so this was how many white people in this country treated Martin Luther King now fast forward to 2020 one of the things i really find contemptible Monroe is when i see uh, Trump supporters, Donald Trump, MAGA in general, using Martin Luther King as though he somehow or other is their ally. Right. Oh, no, no, there are some blacks and whites who talk about his being a republic. Now, the people who were his cohorts at that time have denied that. Um, they, they say he was apolitical in terms of political party. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if his father was probably a Republican because that was during that period where blacks were switching from being Republicans to Democrats because um, 
earlier in our history, the Democrats were the, um, particularly the, the Dixie Democrats, yeah. were the racists. And the Republicans were either neutral or they tried to, to you know, Lincoln has helped, had freed us, you know, so that's why we were Republicans. What happened during the 50s and the 60s, well, FDR happened first, and some of his policies which helped poor blacks. But then during the 50s and the 60s, the civil rights movement was treated by 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 Republicans like it was some sort of communist plot. Mm-hmm. And so blacks started switching over. I mean, we have, since we were able to vote, we've always known en masse what was what, what was better for us, which group, which policies were better for us, because they're so life and death oriented. They aren't of the luxury, you know. For example, with um, white, poor white Republicans who uh, Trump is not doing anything for. In fact, he's hurting them almost as much as he's hurting us. They love him because he reinforces their white supremacy. And so it's, they, don't, they, they don't care if, if they're not doing anything. Back during the days of, of slavery, you had these, these, these white, poor white people who were treated almost as badly as slaves, but the one thing they had was that they were white, and therefore that made them better than a black person. So it always gave them a status. And it's not that different today among the poor, uneducated, or the uneducated old white men who who love Trump. Uh, although it's interesting to see that he's losing some of that uh, older white support. Oh, he's, he's, well, he's killing them. He's killing them. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's one thing, okay, well, he's back at the Supreme Court, and uh, and, and he's keeping those libtards in their place and what have you. But it's another thing where I might die, but I could be dead in two weeks because of this man's ineptitude. Yeah. Right. I, I, before we lose track of this, we get to the, the move from the subject. Your thoughts on Senator Tim Scott and the role he plays in our current uh, political discourse. He's the, uh, the only black man who's a, uh, a senator uh, from the Republican side. Uh, he's uh, one of three uh, black senators in the Senate at the moment. Right. Three. Am I forgetting? Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's from South Carolina. He's Republican and a Trump supporter. Uh, but he's usually the Republican called out to sort of temper whatever uh, insanity is coming out of Trump. What do you think about Tim Scott and the role he plays? I see. Okay, there are some true black conservatives. And I watched many, many years ago, thirty years ago or so. I had a, a conversation with Armstrong uh, Armstrong Williams. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or not. Yeah. And he bragged about how he had been a conservative and his father is a conservative. So, I mean, there are some blacks who are that way. Uh, maybe it's a bad seed or something. I don't know. But anyway, there are, you know, Condi Wright, same thing. Her father was a conservative. And the thing is, 
if white Americans, and now mainly Republicans, weren't so racist, the Republicans could, because in a lot of ways, black Americans are conservative. You know, they're, I mean, the majority, not all, obviously, but but a large number are church cores, and so they believe in, in all those, those uh, conservative principles connected with church. Um, um, economic conservatives in, in some sense. I mean, they are conservative, but the racism, which is a thing that we have to deal with, um, no matter whether we're um, poor or rich, or whatever, you always, you never know when you're going to get slapped in the face for something racist. And so that is more unifying to us than anything else. Um, Clarence Thomas, there was a, this was years ago, but there was a, 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 a case on lynching years ago where Clarence Thomas, for a brief fleeting moment, became a liberal and voted against whatever it was. I can't remember what it was. But he voted on the on the, the side with the liberals because it was about lynching. And you know, so I mean there are there are certain racial things that unite us. And for those people who are not reunited united for it. What what Tim Scott is doing is trying to walk a line. You know, he's trying to be black enough because he he needs a black vote also in South Carolina. So he can't alienate all the black folks, but he has to be the Republican's boy at the same time. And he tries to find a, a nice balance where, well, he defends the Republican, the Republican position. But when they do something too outrageous, he speaks out. And uh, that's his way of trying to um, remain authentic. Well, uh, speaking... Where, go ahead, finish your thought. Yeah, yeah now I was just going to say, whereas Candace Owens mm. is just putting on a clown show. And, and this... Uh, and... and um, the football player. I'm forgetting his name already. Burgess Owens. Uh, Burgess Owens. Yeah. Burgess. Burgess Owens. He's, he's, he, he's, um, he, he, he's an opportunist. Mm-hmm. Well, he could be, yeah, a, I mean, he's, he's he could be a congressman. He's running in a district in Utah that was Republican. Mia Love was the congress uh, woman uh, back in 2016. She was elected, right. and then yeah. she was defeated yeah. in the last go around by Ben McAdams. So it's considered a toss-up district. And uh, my guess is, if I have to put money in Vegas, is that McAdams would prevail. And I'm saying this based on Monroe. Everything that you and David Ferris, uh, who's a frequent guest in the show, tell me about how the polls are trending against Trump. So my guess is that Trump would bring down as opposed to elevate the Republican vote. Right. So oh, no, the Republicans are getting nervous in the service right now. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time we talk next week, they may have broken from Trump. Yeah. I mean, because he just 
he gets more and more outrageous. In fact, there's now speculation. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. There's speculation that he, Trump, will quit either before November 3rd or immediately thereafter. The, okay, first of all, I don't know when you say there's speculation. I don't know who's speculating. People have been speculating. A certain Monroe Anderson has been speculating that since the mo- uh, since 2017. I said he was going to get kicked out. <laughs> but Sir, the Republicans disappointed me greatly. I, I overestimated them too much. He should have been kicked out. Yeah, I mean, the people have been coming on my show forever. Sergio Mims is always talking about it. He's not, Ben, you wait, you watch. He's not going to. So, well, you're recording the Sergio, he was going to die. Yeah, well, he should have been dead by now. So and he might, and, he, and if he keeps exposing himself to to the virus, he will be dead for November third. Yeah, he doesn't believe it in the mask. But uh, no, I right. I believe that Donald Trump will be the Republican candidate. Uh, I just had it was funny. My my wife came uh, into the the to was yesterday uh she was telling me yeah she was talking to someone who told her that he read somewhere on the internet that uh, the republicans are going to kick donald trump off the ticket i'm like uh, what <laughs> hey, man, no they are you know they ain't gonna kick him off no, on, no, no 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 they're gonna kick him off it's it's gonna be because he is gonna be beaten so badly in november it's, it's, it's going to be embarrassingly bad. All right, but and so he may see the writing on the wall and to save face, um, come up with some lie on why he should step down. The, the Democrats have rigged it too much, and he can't. You know, they're cheating so badly, and they they they're doing this, and so rather than put up with it, he's just going to not run. He's not going to be the candidate. All right. First of all, that is not going to happen. If it does happen, uh, I will buy you uh, dinner or lunch at the restaurant of your choice, presuming the restaurants are open uh, come right. September, October. So they'll be open sooner or later. Uh, <laughs> if, right. not this, if, if not this October, next October. Next October. So we'll have to wait till then. Yeah. That's not so, going to happen. Yeah, right. All right. Now let's get back to what I was going to say. You were saying that um, the, the Republicans bring uh, t- Tim Scott out to sort of explain things when they make are so outrageous. Uh, how about the yeah, line yeah. when Trump retweeted uh, the white power video from the village in Florida? Have you been following that one, Monroe? Oh, the, yeah. You, you mean the, the one he retweeted, but he didn't realize that he didn't hear that part? Yes, that which one. Was eight, eight seconds into the video. <laughs> yes, that one. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Whether it's for real or for ten, Trump is undoubtedly the dumbest president we've had in our lifetime. Because <laughs> he didn't know about the white power thing. He didn't hear that. Uh, he doesn't know about um, the bounty being put out on our soldiers' um, heads by the Russians, via the Taliban. He doesn't know about that. Um, although... Everybody and their mother in, in the, in the um, intelligence community says he, he was free, but he didn't know about it. And but let's say that he did know about it. Mm-hmm. But no, let's say okay. First of all, let's go with the he didn't know about it. They put it in writing. Um, Bolton says that he told them about it. 
a, a, a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's say he wasn't paying any attention to Bolden. He was bringing about his next tweet or something mm-hmm. like that. Then he is not fit to be president. It's a dereliction of duty that this could happen and he not know about it. More importantly, now that he does know about it, why hasn't he called his buddy Putin up and says, "You in trouble, buddy. We don't, we don't, we don't allow nobody to kill our young Americans who are defending our lives. So we got a problem." In fact, what he's been doing is trying to get him back into the G. Seven, so it'll be the G8 again. Mm-hmm. And he was going to invite him to the White House. And this is when he should have known about this whole bounty on American soldiers. And so, the, and, and so much information has come out proving that he and his administration are lying about his not knowing it. So now their defense has evolved to well, they kind of sort of knew about it, but it, it wasn't conclusive enough for them to do anything about it. Yeah. During Cold War, in a Cold, in a, in a Cold War, mm-hmm. it's not like a police action where you need conclusive information before you act on it. All right. I'm going to separate... Yeah. I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to separate the issue of Bounty Gate, the fact that uh, Russia was uh, p- putting a bounty on the lives of American soldiers. Uh, put right. that to the side and how the United States should respond to that uh, and just point out how just this is going on in Afghanistan where it was 30 years ago that the Soviets were... Uh, tied down to Afghanistan, trying to figure out how to get out of Afghanistan. I just, sometimes the world is so preposterous, Monroe, when I try to figure it out. Just think about that. For, in our lifetime, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, it was the right. Soviets, Putin being operative uh, for the old KGB and the Soviet and we, and we were get, and, and we were giving aid to Taliban and yes. other weapons. Yes. So now the roles are flipped. Not, the which they've been using against us. They've been using our weapons against us for the past twenty years. Right. So let's just put the whole sordid history of Russia and the United States and their role in Afghanistan to the side for the moment. That's a very complicated conversation that could consume a whole show. And deal yeah, with Yeah, right, okay. But one thing okay, there's just one let me my favorite line. Afghanistan where empires go to die. Yeah. Okay, so we can go on. We go on there. I know. uh, That's, uh, all right. So, and get back to the issue of why Trump is so reluctant to defy Putin. And Monroe Anderson's been saying this on my show since 2017. Uh, and he's no, I've never seen uh, anybody from the Republican Party come up with any way refuting you on this point. Uh, your right. uh, essential assertion is that Donald Trump uh, is, is, is has been uh, blackmailed by the Putin and the Russians right. uh, because of his financial connections uh, to Russian right. lenders. Which That's- we may, there's a good chance that within the next week, 
But by the time we talk next week, uh, we may know more about that because it's before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, which normally would have adjourned today, has extended. They have eight more cases to hear. So they've extended for a week or two uh, because of the coronavirus, and they so it, it messed up their schedule. But they are definitely going to rule on whether um, the New York State Attorney's Office can get into Trump's business. Mm-hmm. See the records from Deutsche Bank, and we 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 this this whole um, bounty gate should take Trump out once we see the ugliness of his record. That he's he's going to be so far down and out. There's no recovery. All right, let's let's because get in. he's been laundering rubles. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's get into that decision. Much anticipated. Okay. I've talked about it right. uh, with at least two different guests. Jim Coogan and I have talked about it at length in past interviews, and Monroe and I have talked about this. Monroe Anderson, do you? believe that the Supreme Court, which consists of five Republicans and four Democrats, so the Republicans outnumber the Democrats, will rule to order Donald John Trump's tax records made public. Do you believe, you do believe, you think they will do that? I believe. Yes. And so what, what will the ruling be? What will be the vote? In your humble, will it be nine to nothing unanimous? No, 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 no. It's going to be five or six to one. I mean, five or six, five, five, five to four or six to three. No way. No, you're you're telling me you're going to find two Republicans to vote against Donnie Trump in this? Maybe. I'm not saying that's for sure, but yeah, maybe. No way Gorsuch or Kavanaugh are going to vote against uh, the boss man. No way. They're soldiers to Donald Trump. So Alito and Clarence Thomas. Gorsuch voted against Trump on, God, what was that? It was on uh, uh, gay rights. On, right. Uh, and that, right. in my humble opinion, was a one-shot deal on Neil Gorsuch. Uh, it was a political move to try to uh, distance the Republicans um, f- uh, from the the real nutcases who are uh, totally homophobic because Gorsuch, who's a, who's a Republican and cares about... These are all political decisions. I, one thing that really irritates the hell out of me, Monroe, and feel free to vigorously disagree with me, as I know you will if you do, is the notion that like somehow are these jurists like are purists who are making these rulings based on these heartfelt at principles of law what a joke they're all polit they're members of political parties there's five republicans and four democrats basically those four democrats share my views and your views and they're going to use the law to convey that and i'm going to applaud them when they do and those five republicans are are going to use the law to uphold whatever nonsense is coming out of the Republican Party. And Gorsuch just said, you know what? You went too far with your homophobia. It's going to hurt us in future elections, so I'm going to distance from it. That's what that was all about. And uh, right. you are. You agree with okay, me? Okay, and, and, and this is why they're going to expose Trump uh, 
taxes, make him show up his taxes, because Congress has uh, subpoenaed them, not from Trump, but from the, the subpoenaed the records from the bank, mm-hmm. and ignored it. And if they allow him to ignore a subpoena, then not only will he continue to to ignore them for the next five months before Biden beats him, but any Democratic president in the future will be able to do the same because they will establish precedent. So they said a Democratic president who they would not agree with will be able to do it because they've said it's okay to do that. Yeah. And so that's why they're gonna. That's why they're gonna say, "No, you got to cough them up." I, I, I maybe that's Roberts, right, maybe. maybe Roberts, huh? maybe Roberts, uh, but no way. Roberts for sure. But Roberts for sure. For sure. Uh, let's but make for sure, Roberts. All right, let's just make a bet. What the because, heck? Because you know, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Roberts is a conservative, but he doesn't want to go down, and he he's considered concerned about his legacy. Okay. And he does not want to go down in American history as the knee-jerk, um, always wrong coders. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want his court to, to have that reputation. Well, hey, so he, you may be right on that. You may he, be right on uh, Roberts. He, 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 he saved Obamacare. Yes, he did. Yes, right. he did. And he didn't have to do that. No, and uh, he avoided... Because he's trying to protect his legacy. So he's going to do for the right-wingers as much as he can, when he can. But when it gets to be too ridiculous, then he, he's going to suddenly become responsible. All right. I'll concede, Robert, no way Gorsuch. Gorsuch is a Trump puppet. Uh, and so we'll just have to wait this one out. But you're, you're, I right. hope okay, we'll see. We'll see. Let's I hope see you're the, right. Literally hope, within a week to 10 days, we'll know. We'll know. And boy, so this we'll, is a long time. It's, it's not a long time thing. And by the way, we'll when know. that happens, we will be talking yeah. about it. Jimmy Coogan will come on the show. We'll be, ta- we'll be talking about it a lot. If they force Donald Trump to release his taxes, uh, it would be beautiful. That we could finally see on the eve of the election, Monroe. Uh, forcing him to but release this is, the Again, this is why he may, in fact, resign. Because when those taxes come out, and, it, and it's revealed all the stuff he has done, he, he will, he, he, he's already, this is, he, he's already seen the writing on the wall. But he's losing and gonna lose. Even Chris Christie on Stephanopoulos' show uh, Sunday said that he was gonna lose unless he changed is his whole everything. But Trump is 74 years old, so that's not going to happen. All right. Uh, let's let's uh, close it down with a Facebook discussion. I take delight okay. in this one. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Facebook, as Monroe knows. And uh, right. this is how much the world has changed uh, in the last month or so uh, since George Floyd's murder was... Uh, documented and put out out for everybody to see uh facebook yeah, it's is an inflection point it, yeah and and facebook which had been sticking to this 
uh, notion concocted by their lawyers and Mark Zuckerberg that somehow or other they didn't shouldn't have the authority to uh, clean up their web their site from all kinds of racist uh, and hate filled invective and uh, just lies put out by politicians about other politicians that somehow or other they shouldn't be obligated for that. Uh, they're starting to talk about retreating from that in the face of a boycott. Uh, Monroe, I I have to tell you, I didn't see this day coming. You know, I figured that Zuckerberg was going to stick to that. Uh, well, it's not, he it's not, a, it's not a boycott um, that matters to him about um, you and me dropping our membership, not participating anymore. Because he had two and a half billion uh, friends mm. on Facebook around the world. So a, a, a million folks or so dropping out won't matter to him. But what has happened is there are 330 companies or something like that that have halted their advertising on Facebook. I mean, these are any, any names you, you think of. I mean, these are really major companies, not Joe's Barbershop or something. <laughs> It's like it's Nike, it's Nike, it's, it just goes on and on and on and on. I mean, the really heavy hitters. And so suddenly they've had a wake and awakening, and uh, they just um, kicked off uh, all the Boogaloo uh, websites. There were 220 of them. And they just closed them down because they were they were just saying racist stuff and calling for killing of cops and killing of black people and anti-Semitic stuff. I mean, they, you know, these were the white supremacists. Mm-hmm. They want a race war. And, and um, this one um, person, I think from the um, um, ADL, asked somebody from Facebook, Says, well, if, if instead of calling themselves the Boogaloos, which sounds like a clown, a bunch of clowns or something, if their name was ISIS, they're calling themselves ISIS, would you still let them be on Facebook? This was after this was after a federal official was killed by one of the Boogaloos crowd, mm-hmm. and the, and the guy says no, they would have been off, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have gone this long. So you know it's it's. Fortunately, we're in this changing time for the good. Uh, and the thing is, those of us who are woke need to the pressure. We we um, we can talk about and some other time. Yeah. For well, for what it's worth, I've been boycotting Facebook personally. I it's. A lot of reasons. I don't know how long I'll continue this. I just haven't been uh, posting anything. I haven't posted anything on Instagram in ages. And there's a whole bunch of different reasons. I don't do Instagram. Yeah, you don't do Instagram at all. But uh, I really welcome this. Uh, My position is that Facebook is essentially a giant uh, online newspaper, and they should have the same standards that newspapers have. Oh, yeah. Right, exactly. And that's coming. That's coming. And and, and it's not... um, It'll, 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 it'll get here before uh, Trump is gone. <laughs> well, I t- mean, just given a time period, I bet the two are connected. Yeah. But Trump will be gone by 
uh, by November 3. I mean, he will have um, lame dunk status at that point. All right. That's a that's a good uh, uh, a spot as ever uh, to shut down the conversation because you have to move on uh, end today's show okay. uh, with a, uh, right. another prediction from Monroe that uh, Trump is will be gone, will, which will get me through another week uh, until we talk <laughs> again. Uh, Monroe okay. Anderson, thank you very much. As always, every Wednesday in the Ben Jarofsky Show, appreciate you uh, coming on our show for three years now. So thank you very much. All right. Stay safe okay. and sound. Bye. Monroe Anderson. And uh, that's it. Uh, D, got any updates before we head out that old the door? Uh, I'm looking here. Uh, I'm not seeing too many stories, but we do want to remind everybody, part two of your Ben Jarofsky show will be available for download tonight by 7 p.m. at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. I'm going to stall a little bit uh, in ending the show and let the live stream chat room weigh in with their uh, ballots for the Marijuana Hall of Fame, because that's what we're talking about, right, Ben? Uh, that would be one of the things. Vince Normant uh, is the founder of the Marijuana Hall of Fame, or the owner of the Marijuana Hall of Fame. Uh, but that's just one of the things. We're talking police uh, issues, uh, a lot of police issues and stuff. But, uh, yeah, we'll be talking who should be in the Marijuana Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Once again, it drops tonight, 7 p.m., Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader websites, wherever else you download your favorite podcast, live streamers. I know it's download only. Uh, we highly encourage that you go do that and tell your friends. And while you're there, uh, subscribe to the show and give us a review. But, 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 remember that golden <laughs> rule here on the Ben Jarofsky show. Yeah. When it comes to those reviews, five stars only. <laughs> All right. We do have a story here. Uh, this comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Matthew Hendrickson. Seen a lot of new names here on these Sun-Times articles. Matthew, do I know you? Have I seen you in the cafeteria? No? All right. It says here, Kim Fox confirms office will err on side of dismissing cases related to protests and the curfew. We talked about this yesterday. Looks like we got a follow-up here. Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox confirmed that her office will err on the side of dismissing charges stemming from arrests at demonstrations and for citywide curfew violations during the week of protests and civil unrest in the wake of George Floyd's death. Fox said her directive was about prioritizing higher-level felony cases over misdemeanors, a policy she has argued for frequently since she was elected in 2016. We have a quote from Fox. Fox said, quote, the question it comes down to is it is a good use of our time or is it a good use of our time and resources? No, no, it's not. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday. You should throw all those cases out. The harassment, the purpose of arresting them uh, to harass people, get them off the streets, whatever it is, to send a message uh, has been delivered so there's no need to continue uh, anymore okay so yes good idea i appreciate that and kathy don't worry uh she's on the live stream chat i will uh let ben see your uh post she says you're missing all of my great posts on facebook ben <laughs> uh, i sorry kathy yeah i've been off facebook for a I'll, I'll try and make it look like it's not facebook like a text or something <laughs> we'll try and sneak it in there somehow all uh, right i apologize i just been really struggling maybe i'll talk about that tomorrow uh tomorrow but i'm really struggling i'll with put facebook. a I'll put a big giant Bulls logo uh, oh, before oh. before I text it to him, and then he'll maybe read it. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Bulls. Okay. <laughs> Good times. And uh, also, oh, yep, Doogie, thank you very much. Uh, he reminded me. We do have a phone number as well. Mm -hmm. You want to leave us a voice?
voicemail, got something on your mind, something grinding your gears, well, head over and call the Ben Jarofsky Show. Yes, we have a phone number. We're in Chicago, but I guess all the 773s and 312s are taken. We got a 708 number. It's 708 658 4788. That number again. <laughs> Come on, be easy. Help me out. 708 658 4788. Call the Ben Jarofsky Show. Leave us an email too. Oh, well, there's so many ways you can contact us, people. Benny J Show at gmail.com. B E N N Y, the letter J Show. At G, what's so funny? <laughs> Just be easy. That number again. Uh, that number again. That's so radio. I don't know where I picked that up, but that number again. <laughs> radio. We do have uh, emails. Uh, my AM radio days. The number again. <laughs> you, I don't think you ever said that during the AM radio days. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yoda would have said, oh, no, that's... Let's see. 773-763-9278. That number again. <laughs> All right, but seriously, send us an email, call us, reach out to us, go find us on social media, tell your friends. Uh, oh, and we got to keep mentioning this. I forgot to do it today, but I'm going to try and keep doing this. The Ben Jarofsky Show, over 500,000 downloads. Yeah, that's right, people. Over 500,000. We we're so appreciative of everyone who has downloaded this humble little program and we look to keep on making more content. If you're an advertiser, uh, if you own a business, uh, if you're, I don't know, in a union or something and you would like to sponsor the Ben Jarofsky show. Well, here's a little note over 500,000 downloads. So people will hear your commercials. So reach out to the Ben Jarofsky show, reach out to the Chicago reader, Chicago sun times, whoever you got to reach out to and become a sponsor of the Ben Jarofsky show. And see that little, see that thing off in the distance, D? You know yeah. what that is? What is that? That's one million downloads, okay? We're coming it's for coming, you! It's coming fast. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Pick it up pace every day. Wait, hold on. Do you hear that? That noise? Shoo. No, no. It's Joe Rogan crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. They're coming fast. Yeah. Can you imagine we had some Jamie Foxx as a guest? Hey, we can get a few more hits too, huh? J.B. Fox and the Joe Rogan Show. Oh, wait. Hold on. Newsroom's flagging me down. What? Oh, no, you didn't. Two days. You got to pay me. <laughs> I'm charging rent up here in that newsroom. Uh, they yeah. they were they had four days. Now we're down to two. Mm -hmm. They got to get on out or pay me. All right. Very good. I want to thank Monroe Anderson, of course. Thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. Yes, indeed. Back home in Alton, they call him. What do they call him today? They call him Dr. Doobie. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everyone.
I've seen a whole lot of catfish and some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. 